Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. If you haven't been here, which most of you probably have, you know that we're doing a four-week study on trusting God. Um, The first week was trusting God in uncertain times. Last week was trusting God enough to relinquish control. So some bullet points on that. The big word, all caps, relinquish, means to voluntarily cease to claim or to keep, to give up, voluntarily. Because God doesn't want to have to come and rip you from rip it from you, He wants you to just give it over. And I was out, as I was writing those words down, the old song came to my mind: "Give up and let Jesus take over." I love those old songs. We must trust that God will place us where we need to be to receive what He has for us. We talked about being in position. We talked about that in relinquishing control, it may consist of stepping out going out into uncharted waters, waters of opportunity that we've never experienced. When I wrote that, I also thought about what my grandmother used to tell my dad. Um, don't swim until you, don't go in the water until you can swim. Well, you're never going to swim until you get in the water. So go ahead and get in those uncharted waters and just trust him. Because he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Trusting God enough to relinquish, relinquish control can also mean stepping aside. One of the testimonies that was shared was about a mom who had a son experimenting with drugs and alcohol, and she did all she knew to do, and sometimes when we step in, we can make things worse. And she finally realized, I need to go from pilot to co-pilot, and I'm going to step over to the side. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep putting prayer claws in his room. I'm going to do all these things that I know to do, but I'm going to let God step in. And when you do that, things begin to change. We also spoke that trusting God enough to relinquish control can mean being still. In the story of King Jehoshaphat, God said, don't be afraid, be still. I love this. You won't even have to fight. So today, we're going to talk about trusting God in spite of a negative report. The first thing that I think about with a negative report is a bad report. And the first thing I normally think of is health-wise. Today, we hear the big C a lot, cancer. It's raging. We've all had someone that we love affected by this disease. A few weeks ago, Stuart and I went to Florida, and it's just really strange the change that I see God doing in our lives because when we go on vacation, we're normally just by ourselves, to ourselves. When we go to the pool, we by ourselves. Now, I talk to everybody. I know y'all are surprised by that, but Stuart, not so much. But we went down one morning, and there was a lady that had been down there reading her Bible from early So I decided when she got done reading, I just had to say something to her. But all of a sudden, it turned into a church service. The strangest experience ever. And the coolest thing is that I think my husband spoke more than I did. The word of God just began to come out. So since that, she has become a prayer partner of mine. On Friday, I sent her a message and I said, my niece Amy that is just 42 years old. She's my first niece. I always looked older, and to be honest, when we would come on vacation to Kentucky and I would have her in my arms, people thought she was mine. So she's really special to me. 
So I sent my new friend Tess a message, and I said, I have a niece that needs a miracle. Short and sweet, she needs a miracle. Told her a little bit about what was going on, and she texted me back, and it's really cool how she does it. She's from the Philippines, so she does things a little bit different than I do. And she texted me back a response just between me and her, and then she texted me a prayer. But the last line was this, we trust in him. And I was like, wow, she didn't realize my topic this morning was going to be trusting God in spite of a negative report. In Luke 8, 4, 43 to 48, this is a very familiar passage. And there was a woman in the crowd who had a hemorrhage for 12 years. She had spent everything she had on doctors and still found no cure. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus told him, No, someone, I love the word used here, deliberately touched me, for I felt healing go out from me. When the woman realized that Jesus knew, she began to tremble and fall to her knees before him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him. And that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. As I said, this is a familiar passage. We've heard it many times. But we're going to talk about it a little bit. So she got a negative report 12 years ago. That's a long, long time. 12 years ago, she got a negative report. Now, it depends on what translation you read. Some call it an issue of blood. Some call it a hemorrhage. Irregardless, the woman was sick. In that 12 years, she did what she knew to do. My mom always says, do what you know to do and leave the rest to the Lord. She's a pretty smart lady. So she did that. She went to doctors. She spent all that she had. But instead of getting better, she grew worse. So she heard that Jesus was coming to town. Now, can you imagine the struggle within her? She has an issue of blood. She is unclean. She's not to be out and about, right? But Jesus is coming to town. So in her mind, she's got an opportunity that we talked about. Does she walk out in that opportunity or does she stay back? But she decided within herself, in spite of a negative report that she was living in, I love the account in Matthew 9, the way it says, if I can touch him, I will be made whole. When I think about this lady, I think, man, she must have been frail, worn, weak. But she decided... I don't know how it's going to turn out exactly, but I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go. Can you even imagine 12 years of an issue of blood? To go from me to Kathy would have been hard for her. And I'm not sure that the Bible tells us how far she went. But however far it was, it was a long way. So she decides, I'm going to do this thing. So she goes, and there's a crowd. And the thing that came to my mind was, being in a crowd. Have you all ever been in a really big crowd, which I know you have? And the thing that came to my mind was UK events, when we would go and take the kids. It would always make me so nervous if the kids were very far in front of me, so I would push my way through to get to them. The scripture, depending on where you read it, it uses the word pressed. This morning I was ironing my clothes, and my mama used to call it pressing, and I thought, there's heat. When you press in, there's heat. A lot of times it's difficult. The scripture says that she pressed through the crowd, so she pushed and she squeezed. Now remember, she's frail. 
Because, you know, even when you're strong and there's a crowd, it's a little bit difficult sometimes. I'm sure she thought, I don't know how long I can stand on my feet. I bet she thought, though, if I can get close enough, I will crawl to get to Jesus. Because I always wondered, is that why it said, touch the hem of his garment? Because, you know, you've heard those stories when there were concerts going on back in the day and there was a stampede and people would get pushed to the ground. This lady was frail and weak and worn. Have you ever been frail and weak and worn trying to get to Jesus? And you just feel like, man, I'm on the ground. But she was determined, I'm going to get there. When she did, something happened. And Jesus knew it. Because the scripture says, he said, healing went out from him. Another translation says virtue. And I love that because one of the meanings of virtue is power. But whichever translation, this unnamed lady in the Bible received what she needed from the Lord. Because you see, one touch from the master changes everything. I thought about the scripture this morning that we use a lot of times in the church. Faith without works is dead. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of times we use it so we can get people to do some works in the church. I'll just say that being a pastor's kid coming from my generation. But when I thought about this story this morning, I thought, what would have happened? She had faith. But if she would have not literally put feet to her faith and walked out to Jesus. And then what if she hadn't put the work of her hand to it and touched out? Because maybe she got so far that she saw him and she's on the ground. She can't even walk anymore, but she reaches out and touches him. Because she did that, because she didn't just have faith, she put works with it. We know how the story ends. But what if she hadn't? What if she hadn't? In rereading the story, the passages leading up to it really spoke to me. Jesus was really busy. In the scriptures leading up to it, Jesus is with his disciples in a boat, and a storm comes. That's a negative report. He calms the storm. Then Jesus gets to the other side, and he meets a man that has a legion of demons. That's a real negative report in the man's life. Yet he touched the man, cast out the demons, and the scripture says the man who was previously possessed by demons was sitting quietly at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. Then Jesus gets back into the boat. He goes to the other side of the lake. Crowds are there, and he's met by a man. I'm not sure how you really say his name, Jarius. He had one child, a 12-year-old little girl. She's laying dying. He begs him, come with me. So it's while he is on his way there that he meets this lady. I wanted to draw that out because a negative report is a negative report. What the enemy tends to do is he comes to one of us and he says, that thing you need prayer for, it's really not that bad. Jesus is really busy. You're just going to have to figure this out on your own. He wants to make us think that our situation doesn't matter to Jesus, but it does. Jesus was busy everywhere he went. People had negative report after negative report. And even the disciples tried to discount this woman to Jesus because they said, Master, don't you see the crowd pushing up against you? But see, Jesus will never discount your negative issue. Not ever. He said, I know someone touched me. You see, last week we talked about Jesus was omniscient. He knows all, sees all, but he is omnipotent. 
He's not limited to taking care of one need at a time. He is limitless. The old song came to my mind, and you can tell I'm from old school, man. Songs mean a lot to me. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You will find he's not too busy to hear your heart cry. He's passing by this moment. All your needs he will supply. Just reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. Man, the Lord put it in somebody's spirit when they wrote the words of that song to let you know. He's not too busy, Kathy. He's not too busy with my issues or my niece that he can't come by and take care of your report. Regardless of the negative report, he is able. Trust him. Matthew 4.23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. You see, it doesn't matter the type of need that you have. The word says all. And my request um, over the past few weeks, I reached out to some friends and asked about some testimonies and them trusting in the Lord and a good friend of mine, I've actually just reconnected with her recently, gave me this testimony to share. She said, the only thing that comes to my mind is going through chemo in 2009. I was so scared about the side effects, but he sustained me through it all. There's that word, sustained me through it all. She said, I had little sickness and I slept through most of it. I was alone and afraid, and he taught me to take it a moment at a time. I always lean on the scripture, Exodus 33, 22. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. I'm always comforted. It always comforted me to think that he protected me. But for those months, I felt I was in the eye of the storm where chaos was all around me and I was surrounded by an overwhelming peace. What a testimony. As the song says, it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Of all the years that I've sang that song, when I sang the word pardon, I thought forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. That's what I thought. But this week, the Lord made me think of it a little bit differently. When we think of pardon with like a government authority, what do they do? A pardon is given to release an individual from the sentence that has been placed on them. Wow. So what sentence or what negative report do you need to be released from today? And it could be physical, just like the woman in the Bible, just like my niece. It could be spiritual. It could be emotional, financial, relationship issues. It does not matter. He is able irregardless. When we speak about a negative report, we think a bad report or a harmful report. But there's also another meaning. Negative means lacking something. And the thing that the Lord just prompted me about this morning was a lack of peace. God desires that we are a people filled with peace. In the boat, in the storm, he calmed the storm. What did he say? Peace be still. To the maniac, he touched him. And then he was sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind. He gave peace to him. The woman with an issue of blood, he touched her. But then he said, go in peace. So what is peace? It's freedom from disturbances and tranquility. And so many times we use the word really cheaply. 
you know, I personally will get really stressed and think, man, I need some peace in my life. I'd love to go to the beach. And it is peaceful, isn't it? But it's just momentary. Sometimes in our flesh we do that. But there's a peace that comes from somewhere else that will sustain us. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You see, your peace matters to Jesus. Peace is his character. It's part of who he is. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He doesn't just have peace. He is peace. It's who he is. And he longs to instill that peace in us. Many things in life try to speak negatively to us. They try to cause us to distrust God. And they try to derail us from the path and the plan that he has for our lives. Another testimony I want to share with you today, a friend gave to me. And she's in a season right now that possibly it's a negative report, negative thoughts and questions. And I want to share her testimony and some insight that she had that was really good. She said, I'm in a season right now. I am holding on to his word for me. For many years, I really liked and referenced the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, from the New King James Version. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, there's that word, and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. However, she says, I recently did a word study using the King James Version, and this is how it reads. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. For most, this may not need a thing, but to me in this season, the phrase expected end is my hope and helps me to get through the storms that I've been in for months now. I always loved the fact that the New King James Version said he had thoughts of peace toward me to give me a future and a hope. But there's something about the word expected. I have to stop right there because the Lord just dropped something in me. Expected. When you're expecting something, you're carrying it around, right? When you're expecting a child, that child's not out here expecting it. It's inside of you. So that expected end is already inside you waiting to be birthed. How can I apply expected to my life? I can trust. Trust. There's the word. I can trust. Then when I seek him, communicate with him, want to be closer to him, to live for him, I can trust him. God says that he has good thoughts of me, thoughts of peace, even when I'm overwhelmed. He does not think evil of evil of me, even when I think bad of myself. God's word says he has an expected end for my life. And this scripture lets me know that as long as I continue to seek him, I have peace when I lay down at night to know I'm doing my best and I can trust he's guiding my steps. What does the word tell me about expectation and hope? It is good to have hope in God and trust that his expected end will come to pass as we follow his word. She says, how can God use me if I trust that he has an expected end for me? Because I trust God, this allows me to know that he has an expected end for me. I don't know the plan. I don't have a flow chart. But I know that if I'm open to being used by God, he will use me. 
And she says, why is this scripture important for others to understand? I think this is really good what she says here. She said, it's important to teach the truth about heaven and hell, which we do. But she said, it is equally important to teach that God has an expected end for us. I love this. We must not lose hope for our future because we have God's word to give us strength. His word says that we have an expected end by him. We need to allow that promise to saturate in our hearts and walk it out every day. We need to continue to teach about relationship to help people understand the more we seek him, the more we can trust him and his promise for us. The part there where she says the more we seek him, the more we can trust him. We can't trust someone that we don't know. I trust my husband because I have been with him since 1987. I trust Pamela because I have been with her not much less than that. I trust them because I know them. We have to know him to trust him. I thought that was such a good word. And peace is an expected end for us. I always told the kids growing up, Jeremiah 29, 11, that's your scripture. And I always said, the best thing that you can think of for your life, God has something even better than that. I'm going to go ahead and I don't have this in my notes, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I have to confess that. I prayed that over my kids, but while I prayed that over my kids and I told them that's your scripture, I have, you know, that God has plans. The whole time I'm praying that, I was trying to tell God what the plans should be. Think about it. This is where you guys need to go to school. And, and I've already done some research, and here's some things that you could do to make good money and get a job. And, and, any, and then I'm going to get involved in who you're going to date and who you're going to marry. Don't we do that? Don't we do that? Don't we try to take what God has and make it better? If we just step back, like we talked last week, he's got the best plan out there. I just want to encourage you today that whatever negative report might be looming in your life, to trust. And here's the thing, that negative report might not have been spoken over your life directly. There's a negative report over my niece, but it affects me. It affects her husband, and it affects her six-year-old little boy. The negative report of finances might be somebody that's close to you, that's troubling you, they're having a hard time. There might be a relationship that's in a bad way, that needs repairs. Whatever it is, trust God in spite of a negative report because he can step in and change things. He can heal whatever the situation is. And what God does is he leaves you in peace. I listened to a message by Tony Evans this week. And I knew that he had lost his wife. But I had no idea all the many things that the man had been through in 17 month time. He lost family member, family member, family member, family member. Two of his daughters have had issues with their health. He said something that, man, it, it was so good I had to write it down. He said... You must retreat to the character of God in the crisis of life, regardless of the emotions in the circumstance. Wow. You must retreat. We have to go back to it, to the character of God. We spoke of his character previously in the crisis of life, regardless of the emotions, because when crisis hits, emotions come along. I know they come got for men, but I mean they really come for women. And all the men said amen. 
Yes. But in the midst of that, in the midst of the time when I get a phone call and it breaks my heart and I'm crying and to be totally honest with you, I'm thinking it is time to release this person and just pray for peace. I have to tell myself, retreat to the character of God. He is a healer. He is a healer. As long as there is breath, there is hope. My daughter reminded me the other day, and I love it, that my kids know God enough to put me in line sometimes. She said, Mom, remember the story in the Bible where the man was sick, and he could not get to Jesus, but his friends took him. Amy is tired. And she is worn and she is weary, but we are not. So in the midst of a negative report, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and trust what he says. April said, I like your shirt. There's a reason I wore this shirt today. This is my mended shirt from the women's conference. Had this since last May, I guess it was, May 2019. Um, but forever it has been missing in action I would be like, where is my mended shirt? And then I got thinking, I think I know where it's at. I think it fell back behind um, that drawer. I think it's like back there somehow. So I am not technical at all, like like not at all. And uh, if anything needs to be done at home with a screwdriver, I got to call the man of the house. But the other night I thought, man, I'd really like to find that shirt. Where is it? So I called Stuart and I said, can you, is there a way to like get this drawer out? Because I think my shirt's back in there. He's like, hold on a minute. So he does what he does, and he got it out. And he reached back in there, and there's my shirt. It was missing, and I had to dig to find it. So I just want to ask you this morning, is your truth, is your trust in God missing? A lot of times things happen, and it causes us to lose faith and to lose hope, and to lose trust. Especially when that negative report goes on for a long time with the woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years, four years, it might be four months, but sometimes four months can seem like a lifetime. But sometimes when you're at that place and you're like, I don't know where my trust went in God, you know, I don't know. You do know. I want to encourage you this morning to dig in. Dig in. Move stuff out of the way. If you need to pull something out, pull it out, but reach back in there. Find that trust. Psalms 39 and 7 says, And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. My dad would say he is our all in all. He has the answer to whatever you are facing today. Whatever you're facing, he is faithful and he is true. Romans 15 and 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, fill you completely with joy. Why? Because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, we are done a little bit early, but that's okay. I just want to remind you that God is faithful and he is true. And he's not too busy to take care of your need. And your need, your negative report, whether it's a thought, whether it's a relationship, whether it's finances, whether it's health of you or your family or a friend, it matters to God. And he is limitless. 
He can take care of your need while I take care of my need. Whatever you need, he has it today. I encourage you today, clean the drawers out, find trust, and then begin to build that trust again. Let's pray. Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.